you're tuned in with In the Blind Combat Waterfowl, the podcast. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to In the Blind Combat Waterfowl. This is episode six. This is going to be episode two of The Ducking Truth. And this week we are going to talk about mentorship. I am joined by my co-host Andy Beck. And we have a pretty special guest with us tonight known as the Bushlight Bishop of Combat Waterfowl, Mr. Tommy Johnson himself. What it is, man. What's going on, guys? Oh, another day. Another day, another dollar spent. That's right. Two dollars in this inflation. No, man, spending them all over the place getting ready for this season, I tell you. Yeah, we spent uh we spent quite a weekend together last weekend in Birmingham, man. It was a uh it was a lot. That was a a big, a big chunk out of me for sure. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a whirlwind uh, this weekend. It was it was all go, that's for sure. All gas, no brakes, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, thank you to everybody who came out to the World Deer Expo in Birmingham. If you stopped by the booth and said what's up, uh, we certainly appreciate it. We had an awesome time there and uh, at the booth. We didn't really do anything outside of that. I can tell you that when we pulled back into the hotel at like eight or nine o'clock, whatever time it was and on Sunday, I sat down at the hotel restaurant and ate the fattest possible steak that I could eat. And that was, I think our first legitimate meal that we had all weekend. It was, I, uh, I got, I got to see the remnants of that and I was pretty jealous. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. <laughs> Nothing but an empty plate, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he crushed that ribeye. And three double crown and cokes. Ooh, uh, hey, living life, man. Putting in the work. I slept good that night. I was about to say right. you're a champion. Yeah, dude, no doubt. Um, but Andy, so this week we're we're jumping on the ducking truth again. Um, I think didn't you and Tommy kind of work up this topic together? Yeah, we had a little orchestration on this. Um, so this week we're gonna. We're going to dive deeper into being a mentor and what it means to be a mentor, but also some some do's and don'ts and then uh, some personal experiences that we feel were beneficial to us from a mentor. All right. I'm here for it. Tommy yeah. is a good one to have for this just because, like I said, I alluded to it when we opened, but, you know, the Bush Light Bishop thing, you know, a lot of people within our organization look to Tommy for a variety of reasons. You know, I look to Tommy, uh, uh, you know, Tommy is a mentor to me, excuse me, more so on a personal level, I would say. And and from a business aspect, just because Tommy is, is very versed in uh, business and he is, he is a wealth of experience as far as life is concerned. And I'm not intentionally meaning that to be an old joke, it just, it just kind of is, uh, maybe a maybe a reality that that Tommy is older than a lot of us are, and through that experience, he is able to provide uh, and share some of the the mistakes that you know he's made throughout his life and successes, and how that has shaped his journey as an outdoorsman, as um, as as a leader, and and as who he is today, everything that's brought him where he's at. 
So Tommy, what does it what does it mean to you to be looked at by gunners or or by other people as a mentor? Like how how does that make you feel on a personal level? Is that something you're cool with? It's like you're kind of there now. Man, I uh it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I really, really like it. And it uh not just for the the pat on the back or the ego thing. It's it's very humbling that a lot of these guys, I mean, let's face it, you said that you were not making it an old guy joke, but I am, you know, most of the gunners that are in here are closer to my son's age than they are my age. Yeah. So I'm able to take some of the things that they may not have been taught or may not have been through and help them out. And the fact that they are willing to open up to me and talk to me about it and genuinely listen, that's pretty humbling. So it's also a lot of weight to carry because I don't want to give anybody bad advice. And so it's, you know, any time I try to reach out to somebody and give them the advice that they're asking for, I, uh, I really want to make sure that that it's not anything that could potentially put them in harm's way or in either physically, emotionally or financially for sure. So it's a, uh, it's something that is very humbling and, you know, it's one of those things also that you got to keep your ego at check whenever you're doing that, because it's uh you know, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with that. I can see that. What do you think? What do you think makes people? Because honest, I, I'd be straight with you. I had no idea. I mean, I knew a couple of the guys would come and talk to you, but I didn't realize, you know, I guess how how many people kind of sought refuge with with talking to you. What do you What do you think, or if you have any insight as to why maybe so many people gravitate towards you for that? You know, is it? I mean, obviously, it's not something you ever asked for from from us or or this business or this family that that is the the gunners. But is there anything that like sticks out in your mind as to what made you so available to these people? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of stuff, you know, whenever we'd be talking in the chat, if I felt like somebody was kind of having a pretty rough go of it, I'd try to reach out to them on the side. Just be like, hey, man, if you got anything that you need to talk about. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning, you pick up the phone and call me, we'll talk. Or, I mean, just like that time, whenever I knew you were driving to go do that hunt with the bio dragons, I knew you were driving all night. I mean, I picked up the phone. I I know how bad it sucks driving so all night and not being able to talk to anybody. So it's like, we're in this together, man. So. Yeah. Well, we almost crashed together. (laughs) 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 when i when i got down uh about 30 minutes from from the house man i started seeing stuff in the road i remember telling you about it and then you remember when i told you there's a car flipped over upside down in the middle of the other side of the road and like the like i more i looked at the more i realized like it was actually that actually happened like i wasn't this wasn't a mirage like that was a thing (laughs) yes and and that was on the way back because i talked to you on the way down to texas and then i talked to you all the way back to north carolina yeah, sure did. But you know, you I don't know I don't know what 
you know, back to your original question, why people reach out and call I, or feel comfortable with it. I don't know. I just try to, if I know that somebody's having a, a rough go of it, I just like, Hey man, we'll get through this together. And if you want to talk to me, great. If you just want to sit on the phone in dead silence, that's cool. But somebody's here to listen to you. Yeah. I think that that's a, a big deal as well. Like, not poking someone to get answers out of them. Just say, hey, I'm here, man. But I'm not poking you to get answers as a mentor. When the yeah. time is right, when the time is right, the questions needed. But if it, if there's no questions required, just, hey, man, I'm here. Let's have that conversation when you're ready. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like whenever we're sitting in the blind, you know, like, you know, some, sometimes just somebody sitting beside you is all you need. You don't need anybody to talk to. You just need to be out there hanging out with somebody. You don't have to say anything. Like my best friend and I, when he and I go, if one of us is having a rough go of it, we'll just sit there. You don't have to say anything. But you know you got your power right there beside you. And like if that you can be very there, awkward, though, too. Man, it can be. But then again, it's it's one of those things where you can, we can just look at each other and kind of nod our head and, and then at the end of it, just pick back up and be like, man, that's all I needed was five minutes. And for me to be able to shut up for five minutes. That's a lot. That is a lot. Cause <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no doubt there. <laughs> I like to talk. There is no joke about that, but it, uh, I don't know. You know, like you said that there's, you know, I've got a few laps around the sun and I have made a ton of mistakes and they're not all fun to deal with and come in out of. And I don't want to see anybody have to go through some of the stuff that I've done. Right. So, so did you ever have a mentor or do you currently have a mentor that you would say, yeah, this is this is a mentor for me, like even now? Uh, growing up, my dad was, was pretty good, uh, on helping us with stuff. I had through sports growing up, uh, Gus Malzon was my football coach, um, when I was in high school and you want to talk about a guy that is an example to try to model your life by whenever you have a high school football coach that's now coaching at uh, UCF, he was at Auburn that the worst word you've ever heard him say is bull crap. That's uh that's the kind of guy that you want to model your life around. And it's, uh, you know, now, you know, it's, it's mentors. Now you Brewer are a mentor on things, the way that you're able to walk away from your job and make combat waterfowl your full-time profession. Yeah. And I mean, are I doing great at it. Um, Dylan. Awesome. Powers. Like, I reach – Powers and I talk legitimately probably an hour to two hours every day. And I've met him face-to-face -face for five days. And one of those was on that hunt that was freaking awesome when he crushed that Vento. So. Yeah. Uh, I, that was pretty surprising for me um, that, that that was your response. I'll be honest, like not in not in like a any type of negative way. I just I, I guess I'm trying to what I'm trying what I was trying, I guess, to get out of that was how 
because obviously like we're, we're supposed to be talking about is like what to look for in a mentor. And, you know, I think that it's respectable, obviously that you have some cross mentorship, you know, like you, it's a symbiotic relationship that you are benefiting yourself from your mentorship of, of us. I just didn't expect to hear that, I guess, is the way that I would say that. Like, that isn't something that I would have expected. I would have expected you to say anything else but that. So I guess to maybe try to answer that question in a different way, being a mentor yourself, what do you look for in other mentors? Uh, guys that seem to, or gals. Uh, that seem to have uh, a broader knowledge base and certain things that I don't have. So, um, if they're so like a deficit to, thing, it's a deficit thing for you. Yeah. I mean, because if you don't know, then I mean, you only know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. So, it, and it's one of those things that's, uh, I mean, even my wife, like, she's a mentor of mine on certain things when cooking she can come up with the craziest things to cook and i'll ask her how she made shit i don't know i came up with it and i asked her to help me with with stuff whenever we cook because we both love cooking and it's hard for me to shut up and listen but it's uh yeah it is but uh it's also one of those things that that i really appreciate as well what about you, Andy? Mm. Man, the man of few words. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to to see your perspective on mentorship. Um, if I'm looking for a mentor, I think that I have to find somebody that has the same level of compassion that I have in something. Because Do I don't you think, have a mentor? Um, I. I I don't necessarily say I would look at them as a mentor. I think I have more uh, symbiotic mentors in the fact that we benefit off of each other. Um, I think that for one, that, that has to be something that, that I have to have. Like it has, I've said it before. It has to be a give and a take. I, I can't, I hate to give somebody my all and not get something back from them, whether it's a, you know, a, a positive reaction. They teach me something. Uh, we develop a bond that really is, is kind of inseparable. Um, but I, I need them, them to have the same level of compassion. And I think that finding somebody that's necessarily on the same wavelength as you is, is particularly important. Um, and that, that you have some type of reasoning with that person. So they're, they can, take some of your negativity or your um, lack of perseverance and whatever they're trying to mentor you in and eat it for you. Like, just eat it. Like, I, I don't need you to bash down on me or anything like that. Just eat it for a second. Um, and then, you know, come back at me in a different angle. You know, so find a way to motivate me. Um, and, and if you can motivate um I mean, I, I'll go back to, I kind of live by it, but the ability to be able to coach, mentor, and counsel. 
I think for me, I have mentors in different spaces. There are people that I try to model my financial success off of. There are people that I try to model my mental state off of and ability to cope with adverse situations or the way that certain people in my life are able to tackle obstacles in ways that are better than me. I have mentors in as, as an outdoorsman. I have mentors specifically as a waterfowl hunter. I, I look to a lot of different people in my life for guidance in a lot of different areas, but I don't know that I look to one person that encompasses maybe more than one or two areas. And I think that the variation in my toolkit, so to speak, is what helps me, I guess, get through those specific things. Because like Tommy had said earlier, I'm looking for a subject matter expert, or let me let me not say subject matter expert, but somebody who I personally deem to be a subject matter expert or that or I like their ideology or the way that they they embody a certain attribute. And that is kind of what I look for. Like I have people that I can call like when I'm really upset and worked up and they'll just shut up and listen. And through like they'll hear me out, but they'll also every single mentor in every single area of my life that I choose to be a mentor has to be somebody who will hold me accountable because what I don't need and what I don't want is a yes man. I hate those people for me. I hate a yes man. If everything that comes out of my mouth is nothing but rainbows and Cheerios to your ears, I don't want nothing to do with it because I know that I, I know that that's not the truth. There's nothing wrong with hyping somebody up. And we've talked about the importance of hyping people up. But when you're when you're doing something that that needs adjustment or when you're doing something that needs correction or could use correction, I expect a mentor in my life to care enough about me to say, hey, listen, man, like. I appreciate what you're trying to do and I understand what you're trying to do, but I think you could be better served by doing things a little different. Here's how I would approach this. Give me something to go off of, you know, like don't come to me with a problem and not offer a solution. And I may have even said that before, but that's one of my biggest pet peeves. When somebody comes to me and I feel like that's something that I deal with a lot in this business that Tommy helps me unload on is so many times my phone rings is somebody having a problem with something, whether it's an order or whether it's somebody wants things to be done a certain way or, or needs something done here or is asking something of me almost on a, almost on a literal hourly basis. And the weight of that gets to be a lot sometimes. And being so needed by so many people for so many things eats away at you in ways that I don't know how to exactly describe. And it's, it's the life I chose, you know, I'll, I'll break this up for just a second 
and tell a story. I was at one of my previous employers, the head of that place of employment was in talks in a meeting amongst employees. And one of the employees brought up, brought up an issue of, of their time and, you know, how they felt like maybe their time could be adjusted. And that person stopped the conversation immediately and said, let me tell you a story. You know, me and such and such were riding around in a vehicle and I saw this truck driver driving. It was Christmas Eve. And he looked over to me and he said, man, I bet that dude hates being away from his family here on Christmas Eve. And I looked back at him and I said, the only thing that came to mind, and that's just the life he chose. You know, I understand that I chose to be a business owner. I understand that I chose to do all of this, but it doesn't mean that those decisions don't come with weights. And I appreciate the ability to discuss those weights because sometimes my perception of the weight on my shoulders is maybe me being more dramatic about it than I should. And Tommy's that dude who will be like, no, man, I completely understand what you're talking about, but you need to quit being a pussy, <laughs> you know, in the most respectful way. In the most respectful way. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the absolute most respectful way you need, you need to take a breath, and then let's let's dig into this like one by one. Do you think like, OK, so say you see somebody struggling um, and we'll say from afar, do you think that maybe that they're not as intimate as they should be with a mentor or they look for mentors that are too far out of their circle? I think that. Just because you see somebody struggling doesn't mean that they don't have a mentor in their life. I think that your responsibility as somebody who is mentored is to copacetically reach out for help also. Like if if that like I know for a fact that Tommy is a person that I can unload on. And if I choose to allow my bottle to get all the way full where there's no room left in it before unloading some of that on Tommy or Justin Powers or, or somebody that's that is my response like i have to hold myself accountable to that so just because you see somebody struggling i don't think that it means that they don't have a mentor or that they're not being mentored appropriately i think it could be but i also think that if you see somebody who is struggling or maybe isn't acting like themselves that you have a responsibility to at least let them know that you see that. I'm not saying that you have to project yourself or obligate yourself to becoming a mentor because as Tommy said, that's a big undertaking. But what I am saying is that not saying anything is the complete wrong answer, especially because if you observed it, that means it's valid. Yeah, for sure. What I'm saying is that if, if you're the person struggling, do you think that people maybe don't look like as a, as a mental health stance, like maybe we necessarily don't realize when we're at the top of that bottle and then we just allow ourselves to overflow. I think uh, I'll, I'll take this. I think it's also something to where you surround yourself with the friends that you need. And if you know, friends, 
in the same breath can be your mentors. So if I'm talking to Robert and he doesn't say anything, but I can tell he's about to explode. It's like, Hey man, let's step back for a second. What's going on? Like, let's forget about whatever we're talking about. What's going on. And I need that. You need that, Andy. And Robert, you need that. Everybody needs to have somebody there that knows them on an intimate level enough to where it's, they know that something is wrong through your body language, through something like, hey, what's up? Like, and they, they can help you out because there's times when I don't realize that my cup is full and having somebody right there to say, tell me a stupid joke, something to break the ice and lower that tension level a little bit. And it's, you got to have this, those circles that y'all were talking about. You have to have circles and you have to have people that know you and you have to be willing to open up to them as well. Yeah. I mean, vulnerable, being vulnerable, especially as a man these days, is not an easy thing to do. And being able to be vulnerable around another guy or another group of guys is hard, but it's also healthy too. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, and we, I mean, we talked about that in a previous episode as well. And I think it's easier said than done for so many people. And I think there's a societal expectation of maybe not, let's say, perfection, but there's certainly a societal expectation of a man to behave or act or have certain mannerisms or manners of dealing with things going on. That comes from the surroundings, you know, and it's the same. It works the same for for women, too. You know, and I feel like that is probably why so many people have all of these body image issues and things like that because of the exposure to illustrated perfection from all of these different social media platforms. When you, or, or even like when I was coming up, you know, TV, you know, if you think about, I can just talk to me and Andy are same age. So, you know, you think about how many people like idolized people like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. Right. And then look at those people now, like finding homage and false idols is a huge problem. And I hope that through this conversation that people really look toward more authentic and i hate using the word authenticity because it's so overplayed i think but finding people that are already in your lives or who are at least within reach of your life that can fulfill these roles and enable you to find success through mentorship i think yeah that brings up a, a pretty valid point i think I don't think you can look for mentorship through a, a someone in a far being. That's an idol at that point. Like if you tell me you did something because we'll say Britney Spears did it, 
Like that in my mind, that's absolutely ludicrous. Like it is, but there's so many people that do that, man. Look I, at I agree with you. Like it, look at these like, TikTok stars, man. And like look at how these kids idolize people through a 15 second video and think that they're like part of their their whole lives and whole journeys. Like I know I know a lot of those people. Like one of them was at was at our booth this weekend, Taylor Campbell, right? He is a a huge I guess platform holder within the social media space. But so many people feel like they know this dude through a 15 second TikTok and you know, he went through a pretty public I guess breakup. I'm not trying to get into like TikTok drama, but he went through a pretty big breakup with somebody and like there was all these people that were like coming after him and coming after her and nobody knows what went on in their lives but those two people and that's all that that's all who should know because that's that's them but you have all of these these people that are idolizing him and you know that comes with its own set of expectations but you know you 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 have to and I'm not saying people shouldn't look up to him. And I'm not even talking about him in particular. I'm talking about in, in general. You have to put people in your life that you look to that have a personal relationship with you, that have a handle on your life, that have a when they talk, you listen kind of influence over you. You have to. Well, I mean, there's yeah. that like talk about the the. Like how does how does that person feel, right? They've got you know hundred thousand people up in their life, and none of them know the the same story. And you, I mean, you can take this down to a smaller level on yourself. You know, if you don't have, if you don't confine a, a smaller circle of mentorship, but you're taking out all of these opinions from everyone else, which is essentially social media, everything you put out there, um, you're getting your entire friends list to come back to you. Like you, you're, you're soliciting advice at that point. You know what I mean? And people are like, well, I wasn't asking for your advice. Then why'd you put it there? Like there, there's some level of, Hey, I'm a cry for help. If I'm outreaching something negative. Yeah. And, but also, you know, what's hard, especially with the social media age and, and how celebrities are idolized and things like that is people lose sign or everybody loses sight they're people too they make mistakes they have their own life but you only see what the good is highlighted or or the absolute rock bottom for them is highlighted you don't know what else what all is going on in their life that may have caused the them to hit rock bottom so it's you know it's kind of one of those things too you know uh Law enforcement, they get a bad rap all the time Big because time. because of everything that they're having to deal with, especially with, you know, the way things are going these days. You're running into a guy that, I mean, if a cop gives you a ticket, it's, he he's doing his job. He didn't right. pull you over just because you're driving a white truck or a black truck. He pulled you over because nine times out of ten, he had a legitimate reason for it. And it's nothing personal. You can't take it personal. And it's the same thing, you know, I know it's kind of circling around the barn a long way, but 
you got to realize that everybody's they're just a person just like you it doesn't matter how famous they are or how much money they have how infamous they are or how little money they have they're still the same person you can take something away from somebody who has nothing in common with you but you can find some sort of common ground with them nine times out of ten and learn something from that person as well retweet <laughs> uh <laughs> No, I I like I want to take a second just to kind of redirect maybe and and go around Robin on on this. So if you could, Andy, say what is the number one thing that you look for when searching for a mentor? What would that be? Passion. Tommy. Uh, I won't divulge any deeper. No, go oh. ahead. No, I didn't know you had more. I thought. I mean, you just jumped right out the gate. You were like passion. And then I, I thought you were done, man. Like, no, talk it out. Passion. Uh, I think that like you, it's, it's easy to find people that have false passion. Like it's easy to find that person. You know what I mean? Like I can be whoever I want to be essentially. Um, I mean, it's 2022, you know, like if I say I'm this, I'm that. When in reality, like vet them, like it, it sounds like, you know, like if I'm going for a specific purpose, I, I should vet them. Like, I need your credentials on this, you know? And and you can do that inadvertently. I mean, I'm not coming up, hey, man, I need a resume so you can tell me about X, Y, and Z. But like, they should have a history, you know? Somebody in your circle, if you're going, you know, two, three circles out, should be able to say, hey, man, you know, he's a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's a guy at work that, you know, he's, I, I really enjoy him. And I mean, he's like a, a people would say he's a 50 50, but I found him to be a primo on the spot. You know, everything that I ask him normally turns out either the way that he described it or very slightly tailored to myself, if that makes sense. Got you. That makes sense. So, yeah. this is the first thing you look for. What about you, Tom? Uh, knowledge. I mean, if it depending on what it may be, because if I'm looking for somebody to help me, like when I come to North Carolina this year and come hunting, you're going to be mentoring me on how y'all do specific things. Cause I've never hunted in that area. I have broad knowledge on how we do it here. And there may be some takeaways and some similarities, but you're going to be my mentor. You're going to be my subject matter expert on how to do certain things. I, and I want to sit there and I want to take it in. So I think knowledge in the area that you're looking for. Fair enough. I think for me, it's, let me say, uh, let me figure out how to say this. If, if I say the word cross investment, that's kind of what I mean. I want somebody who is just as, invested in my success as I am theirs and I am my own. So when I look for a mentor in whatever field, we'll take waterfowl, for instance, I'm not looking for just somebody who's passionate about waterfowl. I'm not looking for somebody who's just passionate or just knowledgeable about waterfowl. For me, the guy that I'm looking for or the girl that I'm looking for is somebody who is equally vested in my success in whatever it is that, that I'm asking of them. And, and to achieve that status, ultimately that person has to be 
in my circle close enough to already be there, to already care about me enough to to ride ride with me, you know, and, and that's that's what I personally look for when I think of like if I could only pick like one thing about a mentor that I'm looking for is somebody who is just equally driven to watch me or help me succeed. Yeah. So I guess let's let's continue the round robin here and say what is one negative thing that immediately throws you off from a mentor? Who are you at? Who who you want to go first? Either one. Whoever, whoever's green lit. <laughs> I'm lit. Um, who? Let's see. What is one thing that just immediately like red flag? Like no, nothing to do with is. Honestly, somebody that's sitting there wanted the people that are me, 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 me. Uh, I'm telling you what to do. I know what to do. You don't know. That's they don't have like what Robert said earlier. They don't have. They don't have the personal investment in seeing you succeed on anything. They just want you to be a yes man, do exactly what they showed you to do. And that's not always bad, but you always also have to sit back and help teach and show. It's not just order and do. So somebody that just wants to sit back and order and do, you're not, you can only learn so much from them. You definitely learn what not to do from them. So, uh, I don't know, that's, that's kind of the, the thing that really throws red flags to me and like, nope, I don't want to, I can't, I can't be around that. For me, it's unreliability or flakiness. If, if somebody is in my circle before, and let me also say this before I regard somebody as a mentor, I've already vetted this part of them. I've already dug deep into this part. But any element of unreliability or, or I guess, disloyalty to either the task or, or whatever. If you tell me, if you give me your word on something that you're going to help me with something or that you're going to do something with me and we're going to tackle somebody together or you're that person that says, you know, you can call me anytime I'm going to be there and I need you and you're not there. I'm going to test that theory. I'm going to test you before I put my faith in you, before I put my confidence in you with something small. It's just like when you establish, when you add a bank account to an app, right? They'll send you nine cent and then they'll send you three cent and you have to go and enter how much came into your bank account, whether it was nine cent or whether it was three cent. I'm, I'm that guy that's going to send out that, that little three cent token. And I'm going to see if you can read that back to me before I, before I put my trust in that element or that relationship, I'm going to validate it because I need people for me personally. I need people in my life that are reliable, that are dependable, that are going to do what it is that they say they're going to do. And if you tell me you're going to do something, you, you have my trust and you have my confidence until you, neglect it and then when you neglect it 
it's very hard. It's incredibly hard for me to bounce back from that. I can Fair. that. I think mine is a. It's kind of a combination between uh, both of you. Um, for one, I hate people that say, uh, "Well, in my time," or um, "This is the way I do it." Right? Like, if that's your opening line to me, are you just telling me what to do, or are you? coaching me through it right like if i go to a mentor nine out of ten times i've tried to do it myself right so what i want them to do is almost tailor it to me right like that's the the true me that's the true meaning of you being able to be a mentor like everyone could spout out advice you know what i mean dave ramsey coaches millions of people they all haven't gotten rich you know what i mean like, let's be, you know, let's be honest, like, like he's abrasive, you know, hell of a yeah. dude, super smart. But if you don't, if you can't relate to him or his method of teaching isn't guiding you or motivating you or putting the right thoughts in your head, then that's an issue, you know? So I ultimately, I always get turned off by the guy that says, well, in my time I did this. Well, how long ago was that? You know, is that still relevant? The principles may still be relevant, but the approach might not be, you know, there may be two or three things that have changed in there that you don't understand, you know, or I may have skills that are better than yours in that realm. And you may be circumnavigating me further than I really need to go. You know what I mean? Those are traits of leadership though. If I'm being honest and, and Andy, you and I can, can speak from a from I guess more of a service member standpoint. And Tommy has, you know, can obviously speak from I have personally heard stories of some of Tommy's previous employers and things that he's had to go through. Um, but from a leadership perspective, you cannot you cannot lead every person the same way. There is no manual of leadership. There is a you have to as a leader be adaptable. You have to be resilient. And you have to circumnavigate whatever it is that an obstacle is for that particular person. Different people learn different ways. Different people receive things different ways. And it's your job or your responsibility as a leader or in this conversation as a mentor to know how that person is going to respond or how that person is going to be. You know, Tommy can gauge that in just a simple conversation with me. If I'm if I'm really pissed off, he's not going to come say some stuff that's just off the wall. It's going to make me mad. You know, right now, you know, in this conversation, you know, <laughs> if we were just on the phone, sure, Tommy would say some stuff just to poke the bear because he knows that that I'm good. Like I'm 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 good. And he's just going to say some stuff just to jab a little bit. And that's the way that we all operate anyway with one another. But we know enough about each other to know when the time to do that is and when the time not is. I just, I think that like to your point, Andy, I think that is absolutely a trait of leadership. And those are things that we having been through that area or having been put in that position from a military standpoint, because we see so many, you see so many more leaders in the military than you do in the civilian sector. 
I mean, you think about how often first sergeants rotate, how often commanders rotate, platoon sergeants, squad leaders, team leaders. Everybody's always PCSing at any given time, and, and you can throw yourself into a mix. You could have three first sergeants in a year, you know, and it's about seeing and observing those traits of leadership that that make you a better leader for yourself. And incidentally, I'm yeah. And you mean they all didn't have the same leadership style? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know. That, like, I guess, and like, that brings up kind of a valid point. Um, you know, kind of still being in a, what society likes to consider a paramilitary world, but like you, you have guys who, you know, they, they want to, you know, they want to lead that way. You know what I mean? Like they, they see it. And then like, if I look at it the reverse in a way, I'm like, you're not, you haven't been institutionalized to understand that. Like, like you were saying, like the, the trade-off, like I had three first sergeants in a year, like that is three, you know, in a, in a normal business, that's three, you know, CFOs, right. I've had three different CFOs and I picked something from each of them. You may have had two CFOs in your 20 year career. Yeah. You, like, you can't we're apples to oranges here and you saying that hey this is the way it is like that's not the way it is that's the way it is in your realm right yeah and it's the kind of like that you know if somebody's telling you this is the way i do it like this is it may not be the only way to do it so you could say like uh, andy i think it was you that said i don't want somebody to come up and say this is how i do it this is the way you need to do it you can approach it and say, this is how I do it. But there's also, you can do it this way. You can do it this way. You can do it this way. Fine. Or you can do a combination of any of these ways. However fits yours, but this is what personally works best. What I found works best for me. And, you know, options, <laughs> options. Uh, you know, I guess they say variety is the spice of life, you know, and we all take, what we're going to use the way that we want to use that. So you can also just help guide somebody just because it's not the way that you do it or you would have done it. Maybe that's what fits them and they understand it that way. We all don't, like you said, Robert, we don't all learn the same either. So what I may be saying makes sense to me, but it may be complete gibberish to somebody else. That's true. I'll go this way too with it. The biggest mark or the highest mark for me on somebody that I'm mentoring is for them to come back to me, tell me how they did it. And then tell me what differed from the way that I, I had instructed them that if anything, that is going to make me more personally invested in them because guess what? I can learn from them now as well. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. And I don't think that, I think that a lot of people lose sight of that, giving that mentor that feedback. Yeah. I think that's often neglected too, though, across a lot of things. I think it's easy for somebody to accept help. It's a whole lot harder for somebody to come back and say what that help did for them or didn't do for them. And I think that, you know, you owe that to your mentor as a, I don't know, call it a thank you card if you want to call it anything just to say 
listen, this is how I perceived the advice that you gave me. This is what I did to apply it. And this is how it's going. And I just want to tell you, like, I appreciate what you did for me. And I think that that kind of goes back to that relationship of that person being equally vested in your success as you are. I mean, yeah. society-wise, most people are on to the next greatest thing. Like, they don't have a moment of reflection. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the short attention spans. Yeah, I mean, like, like it, so, like, it, let's say, I don't know, like, a, I'm trying to get the, you know, this podcast into a video format as well. Like, I would love for somebody to reach out and say, hey, this is how you do it. But I would hope that I would say, hey, man, I appreciate it. You know, that worked out. And, you know, this is good to go, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be in touch if I, if I, you know, if I get stuck again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that, that doesn't happen. Like, hardly ever. Yeah, and you also have to be willing that if somebody's asking you for advice, you know, like you're saying, Andy, on helping podcast, don't ask me because I have no clue. <laughs> so I'm not the guy that you need to reach out to on that. And, uh, but like, if you're giving me advice on how to do something, I may not take that advice, but I'll take pieces of it. I may end up, it may help me form my own opinion on like, okay, I understand what you're telling me, but I, whenever I get on my own, I may end up doing it a totally different way, but you help spark that new way or that new interest. And if somebody asks you for advice and doesn't take it and do their own thing, maybe look at it that way. Don't take it personally and be like, well, you came to me for advice and then did the complete 180 from it. Well, maybe you, whatever you said, sparked something that was like, oh, crap, this is what's going to help me now. So I appreciate you saying that because I look at it a whole lot differently. I recently had an experience where I had somebody contact me and ask a series of questions that I happen to be very knowledgeable about. And I spent a ton of time invested in explaining each little part of that process and about that topic and reaching out to people in that world to try to make things happen for this guy. And all for that to just be like thrown in my face and gone the complete opposite direction. I know for me, like that person contacts me again about any kind of advice on anything. I'm be like, nah, man, I'm good because I'm, and this don't, I hope this is going to get taken the wrong way, but I'm too busy to set aside time to help guide you. If you don't take any of the, like literally none of that, like I understand like allowing a, a topic or an idea to, to help guide you in another way. But when I, when I set aside hours and then reach out to people and make things happen for you based off of what you're asking of me, and then you just like throw that all back in my face and go a completely different route that is going to get you into some trouble, it's going to happen. That that really is a huge slap in my face. Don't ask me. Don't ask me to do that and then throw it back in my face. That's just my opinion. 
No, I, I completely understand that. But so I guess in the reverse spectrum to make the, the world peachy, if you will, would you have been more accepting and okay if that person would have came back and explained to you why they made the decisions that they made? You might still be mad. Absolutely. Like, it would, I, would, I would not even be in any way upset. But don't, don't waste my time. Don't, don't, I guess, throw my investment into you back in my face by just saying, you know what, screw this. Like, I'm just going to, I don't, I don't want to listen to any, like at that point, why even ask people for advice if you're not going to take it? If you don't know anything about something like Tommy's, Tommy said there, that person identified a knowledge gap. They didn't have knowledge or education on the topic. They reached out to somebody who had a wealth of knowledge and education on the topic. That person provided them three different things that they could do, three different directions that they could go and laid out what each direction could look like for them. And then made a way for each one of those three things to happen. And then you chose number 12. And I haven't heard a word from you since. I got a problem with that. Well, that's it. That's, I feel like that's just abuse at that point. Absolutely. And when that person calls to ask me for advice again, I'm going to remind them of that situation. Well, what do you, you know, and I take it, it's kind of one of those things like whenever you're raising your kids, you know, you can tell your, I told my, I'll never forget this. I told my son, we were roasting marshmallows one time, like don't hold it, touch the end of that hanger. Don't touch back whenever you roast marshmallows with a paint coat hanger. Uh, don't touch the end of that. Don't touch the end of that. Don't touch the end of that. Why not? It's going to burn you. Don't touch the end of it. And then finally, it's just like, all right, you got to learn for yourself. Touch the end of it. You know what he's never done since then? Touch the end of the coat hanger when it was on, on fire. So right. sometimes, sometimes. Uh, oh, that person's going to learn. They're going to figure out. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes you just got to get burned to learn. Yeah. I mean, you're I right. Like that. Get burned to learn. I'm here for it. But I think we're uh, we're getting close to our limit on time. Were there any like last little things you guys wanted to slide into this one? Be willing to help somebody that doesn't know if they if and be also you know whenever you take it on hunt. Let's just take this back to hunting for example. If you're gonna mentor a little kid, just know that you're probably going to have to cut your hunt short. You're there for them, not you. That's an excellent point. Super point. I like that. Retweet. Retweet. Well, this has been – I wasn't sure that we were going to pull an hour out of this one uh, at all, but we definitely we definitely did it. And uh, not that we intentionally try to keep y'all's attention for an hour, but – I feel like an hour is a good episode and I certainly hate going over that because I feel like things can get run on, but every episode and every guest that we have on, it seems like it just flows. And I'm thankful for you coming on tonight, Tommy. And I'm hoping that somebody who listens to this is able to pull, pull things out of it. And I think that's, that's Andy's goal. And that's my goal out of this whole podcast and Dylan's goal as well um, is that, through this type of conversation and through you guys being able to come on and, and be so open that we're going to be able to help someone else in a way that maybe they wouldn't have heard it elsewhere. 
Well, guys, I want to tell you personally to each of y'all, like I'm flattered and completely humbled and that y'all would put enough faith in my opinions on things and to bring me on to talk about this. Absolutely, man. We name dropped you in that other episode. Now, yeah, now that I know you a little bit better. I tell you what. <laughs> Butch Light Bishop. <laughs> and I mean, kind of going back to your point, really, I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of this series. I don't necessarily care so much about it being about ducks and all that. I, I think that genuinely we, we need more conversation and, and we're going to use our little space and platform to make that happen. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been the ducking truth. <laughs>